It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay. Welcome to February. You know what that means? Spring training less than two weeks away. And it's time for some 2024 predictions. We'll kick them off by telling you what type of season a certain second baseman is going to have. We've got that and more on today's Locked on Reds. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and my name is Jeff Carr. His name is Stephen Offenbaker, and we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans, and we've turned an addiction to this team into information for you. Locked On Reds is, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every single day, and as we lead up to pitchers and catchers reporting, we will be with you every step of the way. Thanks for making Locked On Reds part of your day on today's show. If you're an everydayer, thank you so much, by the way, for being an everydayer. Uh, if uh, you're just joining us for the first time, you should probably subscribe because we're going to be bringing you your favorite baseball team every single day and on today's show we are going to talk about one of our first predictions because we are going to predict some things last year we predicted things the year before that we predicted things and i didn't write them down but this year we're going to write them down and we're going to laugh at probably how wrong they are but we're going to tell you why a certain second baseman is going to be absolutely amazing this year just how amazing will he be Steve has some thoughts as to how high that could go. We are also going to break down how the Reds stack up against the the rest of the division. We will begin with the stupid Cardinals that FanDuel has as the favorites to win the division, whatever. And later on, we'll be telling you who the best number 52 is as we are 52 days away from opening day. Before we get to all of that, I wanted to let you know that today's episode 
is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New users uh, just join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And where we're going to get started, Steve, is you have a prediction. I do, and it doesn't line up with what the national folks are saying right now, and so that makes me happy because I tend to be right more than they do. Uh, Matt McClain will be an all-star in 2024, and I'm not just talking about because the Reds get one guy. He's going to be one of several all-stars that the Reds have in 2024, but I am predicting big things for Matt McClain in 2024, Jeff. Listen, he is coming off of 2023 where he very quickly proved himself to be an integral part of the Reds lineup. There was a marked difference in offensive production on this team when he was in the lineup versus when he was not. In 89 games in 2023, Jeff, his slash line was 290, 357, 507. You heard me right, 507. Uh, OPS plus of 129. This is a rookie that came up in May in Colorado and never looked back. He hit 16 home runs, stole 14 bases. Uh, He was definitely an impact player uh, right out of the gate for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I think he is going to get even better in 2024. Some of those individual statistic numbers will come down. I think Jeff for 2024, I don't know that he'll hit 290 again, but I don't think it's going to fall off very much. I see him as a 275 to 280 average type of hitter. I don't think he'll dip much below that, that on base percentage. I think that 357 area that's, that's right for him. I see him between 350 and 375 on base in 2024. Uh, The slugging while, while it will come down from that 507, I don't think it comes down a whole lot. I think he drops into the 490 range because I do think his home run totals will go up in 2024. I have him as at least a 20 homer, 20 stolen base guy in 2024 because his playing time is going to go up. I predict 140 to 150 games for Matt McClain in 2024. I like that. Um, I do find there, there's two questions that I – we'll have for Matt McLean's all-star candidacy as we go along this season, because number one, one of the most recognizable, arguably the most recognizable faces in baseball is going to be playing a lot of second base this year for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And that is Mookie Betts. Does he go on the ballot as an outfielder or as a second baseman? That's going to be a big thing for that. Also, the, the other part of this is the name recognition. As good as Matt McLean is, we have seen it before that it's the people whose names are known are the ones who get the votes. There's been years past where Joey Votto has gotten more votes than guys who have played better than him. I mean, I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, Scooter Jeanette was playing really, really well, but Joey Votto got more votes than he did because everybody knows who Joey Votto is. I think when it comes to the Reds voting, as long as Ellie De La Cruz is taking that next step that we're talking about that he can do, he's going to get votes because people know who he is. Like If you go mm-hmm. to FanDuel.com right now, you see some prop bets of his because people care about Ellie De La Cruz on a national level, and they're still not necessarily sure who Matt McClain is, despite the fact that he actually came up before Ellie De La Cruz did. So I, I think there's just a little bit of challenge for him about the whole being known thing. So he's probably going to have to do something early on to grab everyone's attention. But I am with you. I think the national folks are wrong about their projections because what they have done, and if you look at zips and if you look at baseball reference and and, and folks who are predicting his performance, 
one of the first things that I see that jumps off the page at me is that they predict his batting average for the season is going to be 250 or 254, or, you know, some some version of 250, 250 something. That's a huge drop off. And I get it. He only played in 89 games, but they are saying that the lack of exposure to the major league baseball and his luck factor last year was just so high that it's going to all come crashing down this season. And I do not agree with that. Yeah, I I don't either, Jeff. And I also don't think they're uh, projecting him to play in enough games for the Reds in 2024. Uh, part He was injured. That is true. He came up in May, so he missed some games at the beginning of the season as well. I think he's going to be in this lineup. As I said, uh, 140 to 150 games. I think he's going to be healthy. I think he's going to be around. And I don't agree that his drop-off is going to be uh, drastic like they are predicting. Uh, to your point about the All-Star selection yeah i don't think he gets voted in uh for the the very wrench reason you mentioned i think mookie Betts will be listed as a second baseman on the all-star ballot but this i do know reds country can rally and get guys voted into the all-star game cincinnati did it in 2015 with todd frazier at third base when when the team is playing well or there is some excitement uh reds fans turn out reds fans participate and i think this team is going to be so much fun Attendance is going to be up. No longer do you have to go to the ballpark to vote, but I think the excitement and the energy around the team is going to push people to get on their phones, get on their computers and cast those votes. I think too, this will be something that we push as soon as voting starts because they have that weird, uh, not necessarily weird. I think I kind of like the way they do all-star voting now, but the whole, like you nominate finalists and then the next round of voting, you actually pick the player. So I think he could definitely be a finalist if he gets out to a hot start. But like I said, he's going to have to do something that, you know, either he's on uh, the ESPN top 10 a couple of times early on in the season, or he's, he's had like a crazy, like two, three Homer games, something like that, that gets people's attention so that folks outside of Reds country also know who Matt McClain is because when they see their ballots, they're going to see Mookie Betts at second base. And then that's going to be all they see. And if, and if they don't have some sort of, you know, underlying hatred for the Dodgers, which is a lot of people, uh, then they may they may end up just voting for Mookie Betts by default. So Matt McClain's going to have to do that. I think he can, though. Dude's got a lot of talent. The, the thing that uh, some folks are coming at with the projections is that last year, and, and I mentioned this in my do I think he's going to regress or do I buy his small sample size, is that his, his quality of contact, it's just league average. It's not necessarily impressive like Ellie or, or CES or Will Benson or something like that, where it's, you know, very high on average. It's just right there where everyone else in the league is. So everyone is having a little bit of pause with that combined with a high batting average on balls in play. And that's where they think that the fall off is going to come. I just think that his speed coupled with his ability to hit is probably a bigger factor than people are giving it credit for. That's true. And when we talked to him uh, a couple of years ago now, when he was still in the minor leagues, you know, he told us exactly what areas of his game he was trying to work on. And then he went out and did the exact things he said he was going to do. And I don't think that this past offseason was any different. I, I don't for one second think he just went and sat on his hands this offseason and was happy with his performance. Oh, He's he been out there working on 
Yeah, he's, he's been out there working on things, and he's going to come in ready to play. And I think that that's going to translate into improved numbers. You know, I said this. I, I forget if it was on our show, Jeff, or if we were doing somebody else's show. But I said that a, a big prediction for me in 2024 is I don't think we're going to see sophomore slumps. I think everybody mm. will play better in 2024 than they did in 2023 as far as the big rookies go. Because while they were successful, there was a lot of room for improvement. And I think they were all still on that upward arc. And Matt McClain is no exception to that. No, I, I would agree with that. In fact, I think that he is arguably one of the top people. We, we talked about this a lot at nauseum. And as we you know fight between who's better between Ellie and Matt McClain, it's a good discussion to have. It's a good problem to have. But Matt McClain is definitely coming from a much higher floor than most of the other rookies, including Ellie De La Cruz, is coming from. Well, this I know. Matt McClain, he's going to be in this lineup. And when he is, he is the engine that powers the Reds lineup. We've seen it, and I'm looking forward to it in 2024. All right, Jeff, you mentioned this a little bit. According to FanDuel, I don't know what they're drinking over there right now. The St. Louis Cardinals are the team to beat in the National League Central. And coming up, we're going to tell you how the Reds stack up against those dirty birds in Missouri. Before we do that, let's talk about FanDuel for a second. Happy Super Bowl to all of you who celebrate from FanDuel and from Locked On. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite food snacks. In fact, I always make food from the two cities that are in the Super Bowl and kind of do a celebration that way. And then I place some super bets. New customers right now join FanDuel and you'll get $200 in bonus bets back if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So throw five bucks at the Super Bowl, you win, you are going to get $200 back in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. Looking ahead, FanDuel has over-unders. Over-unders on Ellie's home run total. In 2024, well, it's 21 and a half. Hmm. I think the over is within reach, Jeff. We'll have to ask Jeff about that because he always takes the over. If you want to get in on that action, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start turning your sports knowledge into cash. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League and the official sports book of Locked On. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts like Jeff and I from around the Locked On network, plus all of Locked On's national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next episode of Locked On Reds, should the Reds be worried about those Chicago Cubbies? We're going to tell you tomorrow, so make sure you are subscribed. But the conversation for today, Jeffrey, is about those dirty birds down in St. Louis, the aged, the elderly St. <laughs> Louis Cardinals. I don't understand why they are ranked and picked to win this division. I think maybe it's just the residual uh, well, you know, what's Ashley Davis over there on Twitter says all the time, the Cardinals and their devil magic, I think is what yeah. she says. 
I think yes. this is residual Cardinals devil magic that they're being picked as the favorite in the National League Central right now. I, I there's there's a lot of a lot of nuances to really get into as to why people are being like I don't know brainwashed. Uh, maybe they're gaslighting themselves. like looking in the mirror and gaslighting themselves to thinking that the Cardinals are going to be the favorites in this division. I don't know what it is because there's a simplistic way to look at this. They were last in the division last year. They went out and they got Sonny Gray, but they also added two guys who led the league in hits allowed and led the league at homers allowed. Their defense didn't get any better. In fact, they lost one of their everyday outfielders. They traded him for a relief pitcher. And none of the guys that they've been calling up here recently have really just been setting the world on fire. Like it felt like for a decade plus, every time the Cardinals churned through a player, they traded him. Guy hit free agency. They had someone else that they called up right as soon as that guy left, and they didn't miss a beat. That hasn't happened for a few years, and it really hasn't happened on the pitching side of things. That's why most of their moves they went out and they got pitchers this last season. And yet for some reason, Vandal's looking at this and they're saying that all of that equals Cardinals winning the division this year. They have their odds at plus 135. That's better than the Cubs, better than the Reds, much better than the Brewers and much better than the Pirates. I don't understand. And there's plenty of reasons as to why I don't understand, but we got to start with what they did this off season, Steve. Yeah, they they signed some names. I mean, names you're going to know. They went out and signed Sonny Gray. That's a good pickup in my estimation. That's probably... That one hurt. That one season. That one was a little wounding, especially when the Reds were kind of in the hunt on that one. So I I felt that one a little bit. But then they go out. They signed Lance Lynn. Okay. They signed Kyle Gibson. Okay. They signed Matt Carpenter. Okay. (laughs) And then you couple that with the fact that Paul Goldschmidt's not getting any younger. No. Nolan Arenado's not getting any younger. It's going to be sad if this team yeah. it's going to be sad if this team goes to an extra inning game and the nursing home bus comes and picks <laughs> up half the team before the game is over and takes them back to tuck them in. I, I just I don't understand why they're getting such favorable reviews because yes, these are names names we know, but all of these players are past their primes. All of these players are well on the wrong side of the decline curve. So, so while it may generate some buzz amongst a fan base in St. Louis that might not be as educated as diehard fans because they'll recognize the names and they'll be excited about it, I don't see that that translates to the field or anybody else in the division or professional odds makers should be giving them this kind of cred just because they signed some guys with names. And to be frank, as you know, I don't like to disparage Sonny Gray because I love Sonny Gray, but he's a mid-30s guy that's dealt with injuries. So it's not as if he's a sure, sure thing. He's definitely the best move that they made. They signed a couple of relief pitchers that have had solid careers to this point, but none of them were jumping off the page at anybody. And they lost Tyler O'Neill. I keep pointing back to this, and I know that he had a down year for the Cardinals last year. If you ask our buddy JD over at Lockdown Cardinals, he'll tell you that. But you're talking about a dude that's been batting cleanup for them for the better part of the last three years. So they traded him for a relief pitcher 
And I don't know who replaces him. It's not like Juan Yepes really looked like he was going to play in the outfield, let alone could he hit the ball. And I think he's gone anyway, too. So I don't know who steps into that role. You've got Dylan Carlson, who was supposed to be the the next coming of, uh, I don't know, Jim Edmonds in a Cardinals uniform, not in a Reds uniform, uh, but in a Cardinals uniform. Uh, but that hasn't happened. There, there's just so much that I feel like the Cardinals have not replaced. And then they start getting rid of people, and they bring in these old guys. Like, they're not they're not serving their players orange slices in the clubhouse here in St. Louis. They're giving them tapioca pudding, and I really think that that's not going to equal a division championship. Oh, oh cream corn on the player buffet! You are absolutely <laughs> correct. You know, and 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 you talked about where they're starting from. They're coming from a place of being last in the National League Central. So let's just look at these pitching additions. This pitching staff in 2023 ranked 12th in ERA. They were 14th in strikeout, 8th in walks, 14th in hits. Uh, they were third in homers allowed and 10th in WAR. These upgrades are not true upgrades. They're, they're, those those numbers are not going to move in the correct direction. If anything, the, I could see those numbers getting worse in 2024. And then from a, an offensive production standpoint, 10th in run scored, 7th in batting average, 7th in on-base percentage, 6th in slugging percentage, 5th in home runs, 9th in war. Matt Carpenter's not moving that needle. No. No, their lineup didn't get better. Their pitching staff, while they added people to it, let's look at this because I'm sure that there's a couple of people that are saying, well, Jeff, the Reds didn't rank that great in pitching stats either. Let me tell you this. The Cardinals were healthy. The Cardinals had their main, their, their, their cast of pitchers that they wanted at the major league level. And the Cardinals had veterans. They didn't have rookies that were just trying to figure it out and they still couldn't get it done. In fact, their best pitcher, they traded before the trade deadline to Texas in Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery really helped out a lot of these stats. So I really think that when you compare the reds who used a pitching staff that was uh, held together with duct tape and band-aids and ACE bandages and all that other stuff, because everybody was hurt. And you had all these rookies who were trying to figure it out, and you had some different dudes playing in a bullpen that you're like, okay, we're hoping that they're going to pitch well, but didn't know that they were going to pitch well. And then all of a sudden, we're, we're worried about how this team's going to pitch next year because of all the young stuff. The Reds have far more talent in their pitching staff than do the Cardinals. And I think that they are going to be a much better pitching staff this year. Cardinals lineup doesn't scare me like literally outside of goldschmidt it doesn't scare me anymore nolan arenado doesn't scare me nope and don't forget the reds are leaps and bounds and miles ahead of the cardinals in depth so even if even if a couple injuries yeah yeah the cardinals are done even if some of these guys that are names do you know have that swan song you know recovery new city boost that thing happens even if that is the case, if one of them gets hurt, there's not a replacement. There is no next man up in St. Louis. So uh, I, I think that gives the Reds a big advantage as well. Yeah, I just I think in, in you add in the fact that the pitchers that they have added, while Sonny Gray is pretty good at striking people out, he also his his key is giving up weak contact on the ground. Uh, Kyle Gibson gave up the most hits in the in the league last year, which means he gives up a lot of contact. And Lance Lynn gives up a lot of contact. He allowed the most homers last year. So you're going to rely on your defense. Where were they? They were 19th and outs above average as a team last year. The Cardinals were. They were not a very good defensive ball club. And normally, we are always talking about them being at the top of the league. So being 19th is like a huge insult to the Yadier Molinas of the world, which 
If you want to insult him, absolutely go ahead. Uh, but when you look at the rest of this, de- yeah, yeah, the throat slash thing, it's, it's doing it in the mirror now. Um, but when you talk about this defense supporting this pitching staff, I am not worried. The Reds stack up very well against the Cardinals, and I think that they will finish ahead of them without a doubt. And that no, absolutely, is- Jeff. I, I for sure. And 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 don't forget that. Added bonus, it'll be so much fun to watch them fail in 2024. That's it, just it doesn't get any better than yeah. that. A good Reds team and a crappy Cardinals team. I mean, who could ask for anything? Last year than- was, yeah, last year was so beautiful for that. And I think we're going to see maybe not to the same extent. Like, I think the moves that the Cardinals made on their pitching staff is going to bring them back to the middle of the pack. I don't think it makes them an above 500 team. I don't think it makes them a playoff team. I don't think it makes them a division championship team. So I'm not worried about it. And that's why. We, so we started this series. Cardinals started tomorrow. We're going to talk about how the Reds stack up with the Cubs. So make sure that you don't miss that. And coming up here in just a moment, we are 52 days away from opening day. Who was the best Red to wear the number 52? We'll talk about that coming up next. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Before we talk about that, though, I wanted to remind you, you can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me on Twitter, X, uh, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show, Lockdown Reds. There is no Fs. In that, you can also bookmark InsideTheReds.com. We are covering the Reds in written form. Steve, myself, uh, we've got a new writer over there, Caleb Sisk. He's got a lot of great stuff about some prospects and things like that. Ty Floyd. um, I believe there's an Edwin Arroyo write-up as well. Good stuff there. Also, uh, James Rapine, Austin Elmore, Rick Uccino, all of those guys. We're talking about the Reds. InsideTheReds.com. And then join the Lockdown Reds Discord page. A lot of ways you can keep up with us and talk Reds baseball in between episodes, InsideTheReds.com and the Lockdown Reds Discord page. All right, Steve, we are 52 days away. We, we are eight days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. We're 19 days away from the first spring training game, but we are 52 days away from the games that count. And when it comes to the number 52, there's only one name. and Sure, he wore four different numbers while he was a Cincinnati Red, but Paul Derringer is absolutely unequivocally the best number 52 in the history of the Cincinnati Reds. Without question, uh, he finished eighth in MVP voting in 1938, the year that he wore the number 52. Uh, He led the National League in starts with 37, complete games with 26, inning pitched with, brace yourself, 307 innings. And hits allowed with 315. Pitch to contact. And it, it was a different time. I mean, looking at pitching stats back then, this was around the time where the Reds won the World Series in 1940. I actually found a book on Amazon. There's a book about the 1940 Cincinnati Reds that I am very interested. I just got that in. Very interested to digging into. But uh, Paul Derringer pitched at a different time. 
and you know this was with bucky walters this was with johnny vandermeer this this was when pitchers were pitching nine innings more often than not that's why he had 26 complete games. It was also a different time, too, and I forgot to write this in the notes, but this was kind of funny. So he had 37 starts. He actually also had four relief peer appearances in which he finished those games. It was, it was kind of hilarious to see that kind of thing. Like, they just approached pitching differently. And you had guys that started a lot more regularly, and they pitched a lot crazy. I mean, this was back when wins and losses for a pitcher meant something. He was 21 and 14. It, that was the other thing, too. He won 21 games, didn't lead the league in wins. I don't even know that he was top three. But that's just how pitching worked in the late 30s. Well, you know, Jeff, he wasn't the only pitcher that has worn the number 52 that is near and dear to at least some Reds fans' hearts. Another one is Johnny Franco. John Franco wore mm -hmm. this number when he came up as a rookie in 1984. Uh, he would change his number and he would uh, go on to have a few good years with the Reds. But what I love the most, what makes me remember John Franco the most is he was the key piece going back to the New York Mets that brought over Randy Myers to complete the trifecta that would become the Nasty Boys bullpen in 1990. And he went on to have a pretty awesome career. Like I always oh, kind of think, like I wonder what would have happened had he stayed. But yeah, when you get Randy Myers and the trade that sent him, that that's a good trade. That's a pretty good trade. Number fifty-two. Um, we we've talked about like the higher numbers, like sixty and seventy and eighty and all that other stuff. You're getting a lot of obscure players. The number fifth, the numbers in the fifties really seem to be reserved for relief pitchers because you had some names in there like Tony Singrani. Most recently, of course, Reaver San Martin. You you did have Kyle Farmer, 2019-2020, uh, before they put the C on his chest there in 2021. I'm sorry, before um, uh, someone wanted to put a C on his chest. Anyway. Uh, you are going to get some hate in the comment section now. Hashtag Jeff hates Kyle Farmer, everyone. But Run also, but also and, and this, this is a name, and – you and I were talking about this in prep, and don't ask me why. This is one of the reasons that I do this podcast, because my brain is just broken for the Reds. When I think of, when you ask me to name a left-handed pitcher for the Reds, I don't think of recent pitchers. I don't even think of Nicoladolo. I don't think of Andrew Rabbit. I don't think of Sam Maul. I think of Daniel Ray Herrera and Bill Bray. Now, Daniel Ray Herrera, he actually wore the number 52. Don't ask me why that's a name on the top of my head, but it always is. And so when I saw that he was a guy on this list, now I couldn't tell you that he wore number 52. I just remember him being a lefty relief pitcher for the Reds there in the mid-2000s. Boom, there he is, Daniel Ray Herrera. He's on the list of 52 guy of, of the number 52 guy. <laughs> That's why this segment's so much fun to, to look back over the years when we're doing these individual days and, and just seeing the names like, oh, I forgot about that guy. I, I forgot he even played for the Reds. You know, we, we've had a lot of those moments as we've been as we've been doing these segments. But, uh, I, 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 you know, how you're asked about left handed relievers and Norm Charlton doesn't come to mind. The aforementioned I, Randy Myers doesn't come to mind. Look, you're I'm not Daniel Ray Herrera. Not defending myself at all. It's just that's how my brain is broken. Like, I, I, I firmly agree. There are much better left-handed pitchers that I could remember and much sooner, I mean, much more recent left-handed pitchers that I can remember. And for some reason, 
that that dude is on the top of my brain. But yeah, that's uh, 52. We are 52 days away from the most anticipated season in my lifetime. Don't even think it's close. Don't I, I don't I don't think I can't think of another year that has been this anticipated. And there's so much fun to be had. That's why you need to be subscribed to Lockdown Reds because we are going to be with you every single day. So we go through spring training. So we go through the season. If there's big news, we're going to be here. If there's bad news, we're going to be here. I think there's going to be a lot and, more good than bad, though. And and just for fun, Jeff, before we get out of here, I don't know if you saw this yesterday. And I know that he's technically no longer a member of the Cincinnati Reds, but he's always a member of the Cincinnati Reds as far as I'm concerned. Joseph Daniel Votto mm-hmm. at the NHL All-Star Game experience. <laughs> over the last couple of days. Did you see his social media posts? So he yeah, was stalking all it. of the mascots throughout the event and posting pictures of each and every mascot. And there was some back and forth online with some of the mascots. And, you know, it was a good time. It was a fun follow. Um, if you're not following Joy Votto on Instagram, uh, you should be. Um, he has just so unlocked his personality and I, I wish that it could have been that way for a lot more years while he was in Cincinnati, but, uh, it, it was so fun watching him kind of cut loose and, and, and do his thing with the, uh, the hockey mascots on social media yesterday. Guy from Canada likes hockey. Who knew? Uh, no, I'm getting a real Michael Scott threat level midnight vibes here with this. That's uh, him going to the NHL all-star game. Maybe he's got to save it from golden face blowing up the puck or something. I don't know, whatever, but it was great to see that really excited. I still think he's going to end up with the blue Jays. And I think that's going to be sooner rather than later. I bet as they go to spring training, they're like, yeah, by the way, we're also bringing this guy with us. Joseph Daniel Votto. He's going to be our first baseman, but well, we'll see how all of that goes, because that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We keep hearing rumors and I'm glad that the rumors of him going to Milwaukee were not anything. Um, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it. If he goes to the angels, I just think he's going to end up with Toronto. And that is where we will end today's podcast. Thank you so much for checking out today's locked on reds podcast. Like we mentioned tomorrow, should we be worried about the cubbies, about the kids from the North side that play the baseball in the blue uniforms at the old ballpark? I don't think so. And we'll tell you why on tomorrow's Lockdown Red. Steve, take us away. All right. We're going to keep gathering up all this information, folks. We're going to break down the division. We're going to break down the roster. We're going to break down the days until opening day. We're going to gather up all the information. We're going to bring it right here to keep you locked on Reds every single day. Your brain is broken. <laughs> Newsflash. Daniel Ray Herrera. He also goes as Danny Herrera on Baseball Reference. I had to double check. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.